Row by row Gonna make this garden grow All it takes is a rake and a hoe And a piece of fertile ground Inch by inch Row by row Someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down And right now on WDEV, it's time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street, Waitsfield. By Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridport. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm. Locally grown just for you. Main Street in Colchester. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com by Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PNR Lumber, a family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need. Route 15 in Walcott. The Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Telephone lines are open, 802-244-1777. Peter would love to hear your garden comments and gardening questions. Right now, the host of In the Garden, Peter Berg. Here we go. Hey, Joel. Well, we are, uh, we're down to our last two shows. Did you know that? I kind of, uh, did a little count this weekend that, yeah, yeah. so, uh, mm-hmm. today and next Next uh, Saturday. Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got an email from Lee, and he said, well, we missed one show because of the Red Sox, but uh, so we go on to next week's. Um, and um, it seems, uh, well, I, to me, it seems premature because there's so much more gardening to do over the next month or two, but that's all right. We'll talk about, um, well, whatever you want to talk about, but... Um, one of the things, uh, of course, there's still things you can plant in the garden. Don't uh, don't run away. Uh, we've got uh, lots of things to plant. Things like uh, that are cold hardy, uh, radishes, spinaches, all kinds of mescalines and lettuces. Um, you still got 28 uh, days of frost-free weather, and and uh, oftentimes there's just a, a you know, a short um, light frost in October, and the hard frosts don't really come till November. So all of those plants uh, can um, uh, can tolerate a, a light frost. So there's no reason to stop planting. Uh, matter of fact, I would encourage you, if there are very good reasons to start planting, because radishes love this cold. They grow very well in the fall. Spinach, likewise. All the lettuces. You know, probably the leaf lettuces, uh, you know, any of uh, your short day stuff. Um, the uh, corn salad, um, it's called sometimes mach, mache, M-A-C-H-E. Um, one of uh, um, the uh, Ed Smith's uh, favorite was Claytonia. 
And that's another good one to plant now. And all make uh, good additions to a great salad. And if you joined me about, oh, two, three, four, it was about three weeks ago, I planted beets and carrots, and those are all coming up really nicely. And and uh, they'll be ready in, in October, uh, just in time to put in cold storage down the basement. And um, let's see now. Well, we uh, harvested a whole bunch of potatoes uh, this week and uh, last weekend. And I spent, uh, I think it was Monday night, washing them. Now, a lot of people don't say wash them. They say just let them dry and dust them off. I have found, well, just like my garlic, I found that over the long run, washing that dirt off helps to prevent uh, different kinds of molds and and, um, things that affect the affect the potatoes in storage. So I I recommend washing them. Um, if you don't and you want to let me know how you store your potatoes. Now, I remember, Joel, uh, early on in, a, in the program, a lady called and said, oh, I store my potatoes all the way into March. You remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah and I was yeah. looking back through my notes and I couldn't figure out who it was, but... If you're one of those who can store your potatoes right into March, give us a call. Let us know how you do it. I'd I'd like to know. Well, we might have a, an answer right off the bat. All right, good. Let's see. We have um, a caller. Yep. And so I will ask a uh, caller your first name in town. Gene in Morrisville. Hey, Gene. What's up? How's it up? going today? Well, it's going good. You know, it's, hey. a, it's a beauty out there, and it's going to be a long weekend. I always like that. Sure. <laughs> What's up uh, in... in Two weeks ago, yeah. I think I heard you say or someone say that the squash worm, uh-huh. you can prevent that mm-hmm. by wrapping the root or wrapping, yeah, the root uh, when you plant it. Uh-huh. Keep them out. Is that, do um, you recall that or is that something that can be done or how do you prevent the work, uh, squash worm from Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Well, the the squash the squash worm, as you're calling it, it actually starts out as the squash bug, the squash beetle, I mean, okay. and uh, he attacks the uh, young squash plants and and finds a home in there, and uh, will burrow into the to vine uh, where he uh, becomes a, a the worm that actually is what eats the plant. So there's a uh, the routine things, of course, is if you can, if you can move the location of your squash plants, or um, that's uh, just crop rotation. That's very simple, basic. If you can't, because a lot of people have a, a patch where they always grow their squashes, then it's important to um, to start early on uh, with a like a neem oil spray, because when they're very young, that's when they attack the plant. I and think. and then they work their way in, and about mid-season you start to see the results of it because the plants just sort of dry, dies, you know, all of a sudden. Uh, matter of fact, I I just pulled a cucumber plant that did that, and and uh, uh, there was a squash bug in there, squash beetle. Um, right. But um, you, you know, in this case, out of 25 plants, I lost one, so it wasn't really too bad. But Right. Um, well, what I'm finding here is um, I, it seems as though the plant doesn't completely die. And apparently they don't uh, chew on the root or whatever enough uh-huh. to kill the whole plant. And yeah. I'm still having 
uh, zucchini squash, uh-huh. uh, you know, along right now when the, the plant started getting damaged probably a month ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, it doesn't die all at once. What it's doing is eating the core of the vine, and there still is the outside where, you know, there's a, apparently enough nutrients going up to the rest of it to to keep it going. But you'll notice that the leaves are probably starting to brown up towards the base, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, as long as you're getting them, then you don't really have to worry about it. But the, the concern, of course, is for um, the uh, uh, next year. Um, right. Are you going to leave, or are there larvae, larvae there that are going to become the squash bug? So the things that you can do, of course, is to, uh, you know, is to uh, uh, dig up the soil, you know, with a rake, a good rake, rake it in so that the larvae is exposed and they'll, they'll die out. The other thing you can do is what they call solarize. You can put uh, um, plastic down. Uh, over the whole area, uh, and let the sun beat down and heat it up. Um, the other thing you can do, of course, is to uh, use a good, uh, like, straw mulch and let your plants grow up over that. That helps quite a bit. Um, for me, the I try to get all of my squash plants up on a trellis because they seem to be a lot less affected um, uh, when they're on a trellis. And I see. So I have uh, I, my greenhouse becomes my cucumber house. Um, I put, I put uh, uh, wire fencing on the the whole outside, and the cucumbers grow up, and uh, they would run uh, all the way across the roof if I if I had the you know enough of the wire mesh going up there because they love right. to travel, and that that seems to help quite a bit is keeping them up off the ground on a trellis if you can. Obviously, uh, uh, with the zucchini, um, they tend to be a little bit hard to train up a trellis, but it can be done. Um, there's, if you look at your your uh, zucchini plant, it's actually like a trunk. There's a yeah. you know, and it could be as much as two two inches around. If you start early and and actually tie that up to a trellis, it it will trellis and and produce really well. And and I think one of the things I like about that is you're less likely to get one of those uh, baseball size zucchini because you can see them. Yeah. You know they like to hide under those leaves, and then all oh, of a sudden. <laughs> Exactly. And the, uh, I use, um, uh, I plant the trombone zucchini. It's an old uh, Italian variety and it's a, um, an heirloom variety. So you, you can get sort of a, a bit of a variety of, of different colors on, on the zucchinis. Uh, they go from a dark green to a light tan color. The light tan, the light green, I mean, uh, sort of a light green speckled is the most common. That's usually happened. But occasionally I get one that's a, that's sort of a light brownish tan and the others, uh, I got a few this year that were deep dark green. But they all taste good and the nice thing about those is that I grow them, they'll grow right up eight feet easily without even, without even oh, having yeah. to tie them. Wow. And, and they're, they're a terrific zucchini, uh, and I, I brought one into my boss, um, uh, last week, I probably mentioned this last week, as a matter of fact, and, and he told me, uh, 
later that his uh, his mom recognized it right off as an old uh, uh, Italian variety, and she said uh, that she was envious because he was able to get them because they couldn't get them anymore, you know. Oh yeah. So it's a uh, you'll see it. Um, uh, sometimes they call it uh, zucchetta something Italian. I've always known them as trombone zucchini just because they have a, a long, small neck that's only about an inch and a half, and then at the very end it has a bulb, you know, some oh, yeah. sort of like a, a trombone look. Sure. And uh, that's uh, that's one, one good thing. So, so Gene, kind of the routine here that you want to do is you want to make sure that you – uh, you know, you rake up your soils to disturb the cycle. Uh, in the, the fall or in the spring? In the fall. Yeah, in the fall. That's oh. when you want to do it. Um, and then uh, uh, I would probably in, wait till the spring to solarize to go ahead because you got a few weeks before um, before planting time. You know, oh, there yeah. and then May right. you put out some plastic and and uh, that will help to uh, to kill any leftover um, larvae there. And then uh, you can use either black plastic as a mulch or um, a good straw mulch. Um, sometimes the black plastic is a little bit too hot, so a little straw on top of that even it is a help to keep the, right. the plants cool. Right. Okay? Very good. All right, buddy. Sounds Thanks. like I'll... I'll uh, have, have do something different this yeah. year and next. Yeah, a little, little different. Yeah, but not much different. And uh, you, you know, you won't have to worry so much about those uh, creepy crawlies there coming in. And right. Did I hear you say that next week is the last week? That's the last week of the show. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. still lots of lots of things to do uh, in the garden well beyond next week. But oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I certainly appreciate the show. Yeah, Thanks sure, Gene. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome, and uh, and I really appreciate your call. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. Okay. Thank you for your call. We have a couple people online, so let's go in the order they've come in. Let's check in with Anne in Brookfield. Hey, Anne. Thanks for your patience. Good morning. Yes, I was going to tell you that the Kate's Farm plants are the absolute best. Oh, yeah? Okay. Sure. And we buy the onion are not set, the onion plants. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And plant them, and they are huge. Huge. And they're wonderful. Yes. Wow. Wow, and that's I great. And them in an onion bag mm-hmm. uh, right on the cement floor. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a bilco, and then there's a wooden door. Yeah, okay? yeah. And yep. I put it right there. It keeps it cool but doesn't freeze. And I've had them way in, actually, more than May. I've had them sometimes in June and wow. July. Wow, that's impressive. Depending. Yes, yes. Thank, thanks, Anne. I appreciate that. Um, and then the potatoes, uh, yeah. same way. Yeah. And I get those from either uh, Guy's uh-huh. or Wood Prairie in Maine. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep, I know both. Yep. Yeah, and they're just wonderful, and they last right into May. Well, and so you keep them down uh, in the same place? Right. Do you keep them in boxes or just a bag? A bag. A bag. Okay. All right. So So they're not individually wrapped or anything like that? No. No. And, I mean, I know that Kate couldn't believe that I said that, how long they lasted. But, (laughs) yeah, really, they're just wonderful. And it's because of the plants, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good hardy plants. Quality. Yeah. Yeah. 
awesome. Uh, okay, but it wasn't me who called in before. But that's, <laughs> I said, well, that's what we do. Yeah. Oh, that's Thank super. You. Thanks so much. I really you're appreciate welcome. the call. Okay. That's great. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. And let us, uh, let's see. Now, next is, in the order that they're coming in is uh, Libby in Barry. Libby and Barry. Hey, Libby. Thanks for waiting. Sure thing. I had a question, yep. Peter. Yep. Um, this week I heard a short promo that you did for your show. Okay. And in it you mentioned cutting back asparagus. Yeah, you? isn't that neat? It, it, well, it is, and I don't know a thing about it. So could you go into a little more detail <laughs> yeah. about what you do, and I'll just hang up and listen to the answer. Oh, okay, fine. Thank uh, you very much. Yeah, the, the idea, uh, and this was actually um, uh, something that uh, I think Forbes asked me about. Did he know how I could extend the harvest and all the rest? So I did some research on it and uh, found that um, you can, if you let a patch of your asparagus uh, garden uh, actually grow and don't harvest them. Um, and, and instead, about July 15th, go ahead and cut all the ferns back in that patch. And then for the next two or three weeks, you'll see they'll come up and uh, you'll get a whole nother uh, uh, harvest of, of asparagus. Now, so this is specific, you know, is that you, you don't actually cut down the ones that you already harvested. This is one, this is a patch that you let grow and go. And so, you know, you sort of sacrifice uh, some early ones for some later ones. And, and of course, uh, you know, fertilizing and watering them just like you would normally is, is real important. I hope that answers your question, Libby. I thought that was fascinating. Okay, uh, uh, Libby uh, has, uh, was listening online or listening on the, on the radio. <laughs> That's what we do here. Okay. <laughs> Eventually I'll figure it out. But we do have Phil in Burlington. This is you know, if it takes, if there's more than one phone going, <laughs> I'm totally confused. But we do have Phil in Berlin on the line. Okay, Phil, how are you doing today? Hey, good afternoon. Thanks, uh, Peter and Joel for taking the call. Sure. I am literally standing next to my blueberry bushes yeah and i'm trying to decide what next to do okay uh they're just finished we took the netting down uh-huh. and mm-hmm. we would like to maybe fertilize and do we prune at all right now um you can prune now yes or you can prune in the spring um but okay. you want to make sure that you uh you know you're you're basically you're opening up the the bush, so you're going to take out maybe an older one and a couple of the suckers that come up, mm-hmm. uh, because the suckers won't won't really bear much fruit for a while. So you want to keep it to safe, you know, five good stems, five you know or so good stems in there, and and have them aired out pretty well. Um, so if these plants are a bit older. Yeah. Uh, say they're been producing for about four years they're about six years old oh yeah but that's uh, still young in the in a blueberry's life suckers coming up on the bottom you do should i let a few of them go for eventually turning into the new you know you can uh, sure woody stems and producing a couple years from now yeah but you want to make sure you just leave a, a one or two not not the whole bunch Okay. And uh, right. make sure you're, you're taking something out. Of course, anything that's broken or, you know, mm-hmm. damaged in any way, you want to take that out. And you cut so it down near this of, one. So leaves this, let some air flow in the center. That's like important. on a tree. Yep. And take away some cross-branching. Yep. 
Okay. And, and what about what about fertilizing this time? Can we use some like holly tone or something, organic stuff on the on the uh, top? I like the, the holly tone, but I usually do that in the spring because they say if you do it now, it actually might encourage growth, which would be sort of counterproductive. Okay. You want it. Right. You want the plant to go into dormancy now. Go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. You want it to go to bed. So uh, you know. If you haven't had any problems with a fruit fly, um, then no. that's good. But it, it's always a good thing to rake up the soil right around the plants and disturb the soil so that if there's any larvae in there or mm-hmm. anything else, you know, that, that, that'll that be tumbled around and, and destroyed. And mm-hmm. uh, if you want to, it's a good time to mulch, certainly, um, okay. uh, to protect so the lightly, root system. Maybe Maybe lightly aerate the soil? Yeah, sure. A, a rake is fine. You don't need yeah. to actually get in there with a shovel, but a rake is fine. That'll, no, no. That'll yeah, do the... the seem really shallow on these. Yeah, yep. yep. On blueberries, it seems. Yeah, so. and uh, yeah, I would hold the, the fertilizer off until the spring. Okay. Cause, that uh, sounds great. Okay. Great suggestion. <laughs> you had a good season then. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah, blueberries so. were great this year, although I'll have to say about five weeks ago, no, maybe... Seven weeks ago on your show, yeah. a gentleman called in who's a blueberry uh, uh-huh. expert aficionado, yeah. and he mentioned, and I did start doing it at that point because it was so dry that they want an inch of water a week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and that's true I for think, your whole garden. Yeah, and I never used to water my blueberries, and mm-hmm. I it was so dry I did this year, and I think that actually helped. I'm sure it did. In, I'm sure it did because yeah, yeah, and it's funny because you tend to forget the raspberries and the strawberries and the blueberries that they need water just like everything else. Yeah, and yeah, fruit trees so for that matter. You know, the, the, all yeah. those things. Uh, you figure they have the deep roots, but the, yeah, so good, good for mm-hmm. you. I'm really glad that worked out. Okay. Well, thanks again, and great show. Okay, Phil. Thanks for the call. Much appreciated. Yeah. Okay, thank you, and uh, we thank John in uh, Waterbury Center for his patience. Hey, John. <laughs> hey, good afternoon, Peter and Joel. <laughs> I, I was uh, just calling to remind all your listeners that this Thursday over at Rusty Parker Park at 5 p.m. is the 27th annual Hunt for Sunzilla, the Monster Sunflower. <laughs> and, the uh, Hunt for Sun. This is this is the Waterbury Rotary Club and uh, some of our co-sponsors, the uh, Waterbury True Value Hardware and uh, uh-huh. Sunflower Natural Foods and yeah, yeah. Evergreen Gardens, and we mm-hmm. uh, look for the tallest, the largest diameter, and the heaviest sunflower. And we also have the hunt for the other green monsters, the largest zucchini <laughs> and the heaviest zucchini. <laughs> So, so all your gardeners out there, this is the challenge. Show your listeners to come over at 5 o'clock and see if you can beat your neighbors with those largest uh, uh, products of your garden. And we also have an athletic event that we've had to modify this year yeah. because of the pandemic. So yep. we're not doing sunflower seed spitting. We're doing sunflower seed tossing for accuracy for kids 12 and younger. <laughs> Yeah, I can, okay. I, I can see how the spitting part might, <laughs> might, might not work out. It wipe out the town. Okay, oh, John, give it to yeah. me. Give it to me slowly, so I can. Uh, what day is this now? This is uh, Thursday, September tenth, uh, at Rusty Parker Park in Waterbury. Okay, 
Thursday, and September 10th at 5 o'clock in the, here in Waterbury at the Rusty uh, Parker Park. Park. Right, and uh, people do need to wear masks, and mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. asking people to socially distance mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking forward to a great turnout. Well, I have to tell you that uh, that if you had a um, a prize for the most heads on a uh, sunflower, <laughs> I could actually compete because I started to count mine and I I I just uh, I left it off at thirty. There were thirty at least more than thirty heads on this wow. one sunflower. Plant. Wow. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you know, and it just sort of all of a sudden I realized that it wasn't just a sunflower; it was a mass of sunflowers. Yeah, well, boy, that is that's incredible. I've seen a few people just driving around Burlington who plant yeah. sunflowers because I always notice sunflowers because yeah. I plant them too. Yeah, and um, there were there were a couple like that. It had about one. I don't think I, any it had thirty. So I think you probably I, I, would win you, any contest. You know, it might be. Of course, I would be the only one there who was bringing in. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> but you know, you know, I, I have both good news and bad news about my sunflowers. <laughs> I always try to grow a, you know, I, I want to grow one of those ten footers that I see at oh. the, you know, Tunbridge Fair during regular years. Sure, and yeah. And um, this year, yeah, all my sunflowers grew to about five feet high, <laughs> and, and that's it, and stop. <laughs> but they're all very beautiful, so I think I just picked the wrong. <laughs> box of seeds this year because none of them... Did they have them, the big head, though? No, no. no they were no. all they're all small ones, yeah. but uh, they look so very nice. The, my, 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 my strategy is yeah. to grow the sunflowers and the morning glories at the same time and have, yeah. the, and have the morning glories grow up to sunflowers. Yeah. And uh, back in the day when I, my tallest ones were about eight foot or something, mm-hmm. boy, that was really great because they, they, right up to the top there would be the morning glories. But yeah. This year, they stopped. Always something. They stopped. <laughs> at five feet, but uh, I, I still feel blessed because they're all very beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's no such uh, thing as a not a there's, there's no doubt. And actually, I repurposed my stalks the following year and used them to make uh, uh, supports for climbing beans. Oh, uh-huh. there you go. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's industrious. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that works out, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's all good. Unfortunately, my sunflowers this year made it to about three inches, and somebody <laughs> ate them all. <laughs> well, well yeah, we, there's a case. we know all about that problem. I have some great, right. I have some great photographs from my eight-foot sunflower days mm-hmm. of uh, blue jays just hanging onto the heads oh. and pecking away at them. Yeah. You know, every day with their, with their talons, they mm-hmm. just grab a hole and then bang, 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 <laughs> like woodpeckers, you know. They're, and they, every time it's another seed gone, you know. So anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just a cog in the wheel of nature, you know. I'm <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, well, John, thanks for the call and letting us know about that. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, we'll be there. Thank uh, you, John. Okay, take care, Joe. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. Peter. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, I went out into the garden this morning. I was uh, picking off the next round of, uh, of um, well, uh, tomatoes. I'm... I found that once they start to turn orange and are pretty well colored up all the way around, it's best to go ahead and pick them and let them ripen up in the inside. Um, and uh, I've had a particular problem with some of the t- tomatoes is that the very top at the leaf stand is, 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 has a little rotten area, you know, a little bit of a, a brown spot there. And I... Th- I 
I don't really know what it is. It, it you know, every time I've tried to look it up, I only get the um, the blossom end rot, you know, which is I'm familiar with and I know about. This is something else, and it's not uh, late blight either, because late blight you'd see all over everything. So uh, um, I went ahead and and sprayed with a little bit of the copper stuff and see see if that doesn't um, uh, you know set that fungus back and see what happens because a lot of them are good, but some of them, you know, they're they're well. They go down inside, so they're not good. Yeah, I have a, a friend in North Carolina who a bunch of years ago, I think it's probably the same year we had the, the bad year of the blight, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, suddenly got the, uh, the copper sulfate. Mm-hmm. And this year, she says she noticed just a trace of it. This is early on in the season and sprayed and sprayed and had nothing. No, no, oh, yeah. you know, whether it's mm-hmm. whether it's the uh, the actual late blight or, or not. Well, But uh, mm-hmm. as soon as you see something, yeah, and she was willing to do the spraying and uh, yep. good, good tomato crop this year. Well, I, you know, in uh, Ed's, uh, I went to the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, Ed's book and uh, uh, the Gardener's Bible, and and if you don't have one, you should have one mm-hmm. because it's an excellent, excellent book. And I, I noticed he had a new edition out. Uh, I think it was last year, yep, or the year yep, before. Yep. But anyway, uh, they uh, the one thing that it sounds like is uh, um, anthracnose is a uh, is a brown spot, and so the uh, copper spray would be good for that. And if anybody has a an idea what that is or or a solution, um, there's a few others where you could spray with baking powder or you know any of those things, and and they're all basically do the same thing. They they change the pH. Yeah, you know. I haven't seen any of the. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you know I'm milk. special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got we got Fred in East Montpelier. Let's oh, see. great! Let's see if hey, we, Fred. Uh, here we go. Button, button. Okay, Fred's on. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Hey, uh, so a couple of years ago, I had uh, groundhogs harvesting my garden. Yeah, I went down to the adamant co-op, and one was one was telling me to put. Uh, chili pepper on the ground and that that would take care of them. Okay. The other one was telling me molasses and they argued back and forth and they said, what are you going to do? And I put chili pe- uh, pepper with molasses and it took care of them. And, and is, this took care of the, which one are we talking about? The squash bug? It took care of what? Uh, I, I missed a little bit of the first part of what you were talking about. Think we're breaking up here a little bit. Yeah, Joel, did you catch the early, the first part of it? What was it that uh, Fred was treating there? Try again, Fred. See. <laughs> okay, try get, go to a different location. Uh, and, I'm breaking up. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> One more try. <laughs> no, I guess that's not going to work. We need you to uh, call from a different location if possible. <laughs> Um, well, Fred, I, yeah. I, I got the molasses part and the uh, and the chili pepper part. Well, maybe, but I, maybe I, we'll get a call back. On okay, it. yeah, Fred, call us back if you would, because yeah. I'm really curious about what we're treating here. Okay, <laughs> uh, this is what happens in this age of technology. Here we go. But we have uh, Bill from Waterbury here. Okay, Bill, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm well. How are you? Good. Good. So two things. One, uh, we. We heard you a couple of weeks ago before we went on vacation and decided 
to start to pick some carrots because uh-huh. last year we waited all into the fall and we had a bumper crop, yeah. but uh, we had difficulty figuring out how to store them, so yeah. we decided to eat some of them early. Absolutely. But, um, so we, my my wife uh, pulled about 15 that were really mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. carrots, mm-hmm. and then she went to the next row over and... There's a beautiful top, and kind of the carrot was hollowed out from the point. That is so disappointing. I, I, I hear you. I hear and you. And I just wonder, is it moles, voles? Uh, Probably the chipmunks. Probably chipmunks or mice, one or the other. Okay. Well, um, we've had a... We've had a bumper crop of chipmunks this year. Yeah, too. me too. So. Me too. And and guess what? The chipmunks will actually climb an apple tree and eat the apples right off the tree. Oh yeah, we've yeah. seen that. And oh. we have we have a lot of apples around. So, mm-hmm. But the, the carrots are a little bit more. Valuable uh, that is real. I know how disappointing. I, I've had a whole bed uh, this year for some reason. I planted beets next next to the carrots, and yeah. they went after the beets, but they left the carrots alone. Huh. And I've I, I've sort of wondered if that was a strategy or if that was something I you know I might want to repeat because yeah, uh, we well, had the, the uh, we had a, a terrific carrot year and just like you they were just nice nice big carrots and and uh, good thing you got some when you did right <laughs> yeah we did I just I just pulled one I went out to water today mm-hmm. and she had my wife had left uh, a couple of rows still there yeah, sure. uh, hoping mm-hmm. and. Uh, well, I said, well, before I dump uh, all this precious water on this bed, I'm going to pull one to see if it if it's still there. And, mm-hmm. and the one I pulled was good. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, so chipmunks. Well, um, hopefully uh, they'll have a rough winter and won't be around so much next year. Yeah, well, let's hope. Uh, uh, I'm I'm treating it a little bit differently. I'm trying to thin the herd a little bit. You know. Yeah. The- well, me too. We we. We caught a whole bunch of them this year. But, oh, yeah. Uh, well, um, anyway. What technique did uh, you I, I use? One, yeah, have, go ahead. Uh, I just used to have a heart trap yeah, okay. to, get, to get rid of them. Uh, I have one other question. Um, amending the soil. So mm-hmm. last year, uh, we have raised beds. Yeah. And um, we we bought the soil, uh, garden soil, from Grow Compost over in uh, Super, yeah. Moortown. Yeah, you can't ask for that. This was a couple of years ago, and then we've put compost on every year. But for some reason last year, I I thought that it needed to have some peat added to it. Mm-hmm. And I put it in in the spring last year, and, yeah. and we had a great garden last yeah. year all the way around. Um, but this year, it seems like the soil is just too dry. I know it's been a dry summer, but we water regularly and we water pretty deeply. But mm-hmm. what can I put on it to, I hope I don't have to take it all out. No, no. No, no, not at all. I, What I recommend, and, and I find that uh, um, that it does help a lot to sort of, uh, saw, you know, flatten the swings a bit, is the vermiculite. Um, if you can get the coarse vermiculite or the medium vermiculite, um, add as much as you as much as you can. Uh, I like a one third uh, compost uh, peat moss and vermiculite, so it's that much. So it's a fair amount. Okay. Um, okay. If you can't get the coarse, then use the medium. And uh, all you have to do is leave a bag of vermiculite out over the winter, 
and it has a chance to soak up water all winter long and then try to pick it up. What you can pick up with one hand in the fall, you, it takes two people to move in the spring. Wow. <laughs> I know this wow. from experience. So it, it, the vermiculite holds a tremendous amount of water, you know, in, okay. and, and that will uh, seep back into the soil as the, as the heat, you know, starts to, to dry out the soil. Uh, okay. That's a terrific buffer and I like that quite a bit. Okay, and, and any any garden center would have that? Uh, depending on the time of year, you may have to ask them to order it. I know I've ordered okay. it uh, at Agway and at Blue Seal, um, it, along with a 40-pound bag of azomite. You, you know, they don't always carry that. They'll okay. carry a, maybe a two-pound bag of azomite. But when you're doing 50 four-by-four beds, you know, that I need to wow. have the 40, the 40 sure. pounds. Sure. Now, um, is this something that I should put in this fall or wait? Oh yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Put it in now. Yeah, yeah, Uh, or or the spring, whichever works for you. Either way, it'll still do the same job. Um, The 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 thing with um, you've probably heard of biochar, you know, where people put the charcoal in the the soil too, and that has uh, that's similar, but it doesn't absorb as much water as the vermiculite. Okay. And, and my wife is very fastidious about uh, um, sieving out our wood ashes and saving the the charcoal, and she'll put it right in the compost bin, you know, and uh-huh. and then it gets charged up with all the the uh, the different uh, friendly stuff in in the right. compost bin, and and then it goes right into the soil. So it's okay, that's a good. that's another good thing. And the other thing is to remember is that that compost and all those other things uh, are are good soil, right? You're conditioning right. your soil, but for certain crops, it's always good to make sure you're adding a, a nitrogen fertilizer. Yeah, and yeah, I I use uh, what do you call the Progro or something yeah, like that. Right, yeah. You know, I've I've got yep. some of that, yep. and I, I I do add that. Okay, now, good. Uh, last thing, not not necessarily for this, but I hear people gardeners. We're relatively new to gardening. So yeah. What what is green sand that I hear people talk about? Well, it's you know you've got your NPK. And the green sand is the is the uh, K is the phosphorus. Okay. Generally uh, considered, uh, and you know, a, a part of a balanced uh, a balanced approach. You know, you're, you're the nitrogen. Uh, if you look at Procro, it, it I think it has the. I'm pretty sure it has green sand because it's a balanced. Uh, it's balanced. It's got nitrogen and um, yeah, phosphorus. phosphorus and potassium, all right. of them. Okay. So um, the green sand, I mean, you can add it any time you want. It's just yeah. sand, and it'll take time to break down. It's just sort of like granite dust, you know. Okay. All those things are, are you know, slow, slow, um, slowly break down in soil. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. I okay, Bill. It. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Yep, yep. bye-bye. Now we have callers on the line. Let's uh, kick things off, uh, Peter, with uh, with uh, Francis in Northfield. Hey, Francis. Hi, yes. Uh, I just want to tell you uh, thank you very much. Uh, you helped me with the rhododendrons, and they're doing very good. <laughs> hey, that's great. <laughs> yep. I'm really glad to hear that. <laughs> I appreciate so, the call back. <laughs> Yep. So now knowing that, 
what should I do to this soil? Like, we have some flowers growing. They're growing all right. Yeah. Uh, if we want to add some more flowers, is there something I should be doing to the soil or just put fish water on everything? Yeah, the, that's right. You know, um, the most flowers are not really heavy feeders. And, uh, so that, so the, the, a simple fertilizer like that will work just fine for them. And they'll, okay. they'll relish it. The, you know, you, you don't, um, you don't always benefit a lot by, by, you know, the deep, uh, uh, uh tilling that you do in, the, in your garden soil. And so, yeah, your flowers are a little different. I think you're right on the right track there, Francis. <laughs> okay, great, great. Thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, thank you. And uh, let us go to Alice in, um, I can't read my own writing. I think That's she Wonderland. said Warren. I, War, I Alice I in Wonderland. Wonderland. No, Warren, I think. <laughs> oh, oh okay. I wish I was in Wonderland. <laughs> anyway, I have a question about tent caterpillars because I'm being inundated. Oh, I know. Year. They're all over this year. They're really and bad. I had a friend tell me, "Oh, go get the, you know, the killer for the hornets, the thirty-foot spray thing, mm-hmm. and spray them." Yeah. And I don't want to do that because yeah. I have a lot of fledglings from. Mm-hmm. So I, I hear you. Do well, the birds actually eat them? Though I wonder about that. They don't. Uh, oh. They don't seem to munch on them the way I was hoping. Uh, but uh, apparently, they have a bitter flavor, and or to the birds anyway. Yeah. Uh, and there's something about them. They're so furry and all the rest. What uh, What we do is we just cut them out. Oh, we just you take do. Yeah, we just take them, cut them out, and throw them in the burn pile. That's the old-fashioned way. I oh, you know, to... I, I grew up in Ohio as a kid, and there was an infestation right in our little town of uh, Poland, Ohio. And I remember as part of the Boy Scout troops, my uncle was the Boy Scout leader, and we, we took three or four different uh, uh, trucks all around Poland, and uh, we torched them. We actually burned them out uh and uh that was sort of a you know th- that really set him back at least in that little town and it was funny i i was just thinking about what a oh you probably wouldn't be able to do that today but it was a collective you know everybody in town was very supportive and wanted to get rid of them and you know we did our job we did it <laughs> do they tend to come back to the they same they're cyclical the year they're cyclical you yeah you, you'll have a couple of years and i remember mm, maybe 10 years ago they were an infestation like there is now i do too but then they all disappeared they all disappeared yeah so they're cyclical they're sort okay. of like the cicadas or anything else that's a, that's a cyclical bug um they but don't you recommend cutting them out that's that's the way we handle them. we just oh, yeah. cut, we just cut them right out and and uh the thing is when you're when you're planning on cutting them out it may actually be a little bit too late because they've all left that nest uh-huh. If you look in there and you see the worms are still in there, definitely cut them out and, you know, and destroy them. Yeah. Um, if they're not in there, then it's just more, it's because it's ugly looking and cut it out. And in, in the, the branch probably will recover next spring. Uh, but for the most part, um, it, it doesn't hurt the tree to, to cut them out. Now I have a question about my squash and cucumbers. Okay. Um, they both were growing really well. Then all of a sudden they looked awful. And mm-hmm. I was watering, you know, every other day pretty much all summer because it was so dry. Sure. And 
I looked to see if there was a bug on them. Never mm-hmm. found a bug. Mm-hmm. And now they're growing back again. And mm-hmm. I haven't been watering as much. Hmm. What? Hmm. And plus, my basil all got brown leaves. Oh, what, yeah. What yeah. is this all about? Well, I, they're... Uh, a matter of fact, I was reading about this in uh, in the Bible this morning, mm-hmm. in uh, Ed's book, and yeah. it, it's a uh, it's the same thing that I have on my tomatoes. Uh, it it's anthracnose. Uh, I just called it anthrax. My my wife almost died. My God, <laughs> we've got anthrax. But anyway, it's a fungus. And uh, it will affect, oh, man, you know, squashes. Uh, and then uh, it's sort of like a, a brownish on the basil with the little white spots on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it is. And it affects a lot of different plants. Um, you know, the... They say the solutions is to, you know, make sure you have airflow and all the rest. Probably if it's, it's a problem you're seeing this year, you'll probably see it next year. So right off the bat, when your plants are, are still young, the, you go ahead and spray, uh, and probably any kind of a spray will work fine, uh, even like a, um, compost tea or, a, um, a, uh, fish emulsion or a fish seaweed emulsion. And just spray them once a week, uh, for the first, you know, month or two. And, you know, for four weeks or so. It certainly won't hurt the plant. The, the plants relish that extra nutrition. And it, it's, it changes the pH on the leaves so that there's less likely for the funguses to form. If if you really have a bad infestation of it, then you might want to upgrade to uh, the copper uh, spray um, f- that's specifically for funguses. And and I'm actually going to do that uh, this afternoon on my tomatoes because uh, t- I'm losing oh, probably one in ten tomatoes to this this brown spot, which I I've identified as the same thing. Huh. And and that's a that's a very wide ranging fungus and it seems to affect uh, beans and basil and squash and tomatoes and you know even cabbages and um, so you know it, it's worthwhile. Okay. And, and, and uh, even though we've had a hot summer, the last this last month we seem to be having a, a fairly good rain at least once or twice a week. So you know. It's possible that that's what's what's brought it on. What the rain? The the combination of the humidity and the rain, oh, okay. and then that hot hot, you know, it just makes all that rain into humidity in the in the air. And that Are you watering anymore? Because I wasn't planning on watering anymore. Uh, I'm well, I'm watering my carrots and my beets that are still only a couple inches high. Uh, I'm watering my the spinaches and the radishes, but I'm not watering. My potatoes are are they just curing in the soil? We harvested a bunch of them. Um, uh, I still am watering my tomatoes because I've still had quite a few green tomatoes left on it, and hopefully another four weeks to to get those. Huh. Um, also, my cucumbers, I'm watering them because I'm getting cukes right and left. I just uh, brought in a whole big bowl of them today. And uh, let's see, what else am I watering? Well, you are watering. Yeah, well, just those <laughs> things that are still growing. Right. Yeah. All right, well, thank you very much. You've been very helpful. <laughs> okay, Alice. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Good yeah. luck with those temp words.
Yes, thank you. Bye. <laughs> okay, thank you. And uh, next, hey, we go to uh, Nola in Ripton. Oh, hey, Nola. Hey. <laughs> Welcome aboard. <laughs> Happy September. Yeah. <laughs> Happy September. Oh, it's, for sure. You know, you don't need a calendar. You don't need a clock. <laughs> you walk outside, you walk into the greenhouse or yeah. not. Yeah. 8.30, generally 8.30, you know, during the mm-hmm. summer, it's, quick, hurry, water, it's getting so hot. <laughs> It's still shady and dark in there now. It's yeah, I'm going by crazy. Yep, yep. And uh, of course, when as I drive down the county road to work in the morning, I always see the very first tree that's turned color, and it it uh, happened uh, last week. It was turned. And color. who was that? That was a maple. It was uh, wow. the um, it would be a uh, soft maple, as they call them, or you know, well, it's, it's not the red. sugar maple. The red, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Good yeah. for you. Our, our birches are turning first this year. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Birches, huh. and I didn't call, but we can put this out to everybody that's listening. Mm-hmm. What causes shadbush to turn color, not completely, not all of the leaves, in June? Mm. You'll walk through the woods and you'll see a shadbush leaf here, shadbush mm-hmm. leaf there, mm-hmm. off the plant, beautiful uh-huh. red. What are you guys doing? I don't know. I think it's probably that the two weeks of ninety degree weather that we had in, right in the middle okay, of, well, of July. Okay, fair enough. Well, mostly I was going to say hello. I heard a lot of good talk about carrots. And yeah. I will say that I generally have an amazing carrot crop up here in Ripton. Yeah. This year they came up. Yeah. I plant late April. Yeah. And they got to the point where I had I had four rows next to each other and you couldn't even see between the rows the yeah. green was so lush yeah yep. about two weeks ago yeah took all of three or four days brown uh-huh. dead uh-huh but the carrot was still fine right carrots okay but yeah. is that rust that happened oh it's probably a rust yeah something like okay. that and it could be that uh that they're done you know they just said well that's it that's all folks uh, and if it's a, is it the same variety you've planted every year? It's not. I've been manic about purple carrots, and this year I decided to go back to orange. It's mm-hmm. a variety called Bolero. Oh yeah, and that's it, that's what I planted Bolero this year, and we had nice nine inch, you know, inch and a half uh, round, beautiful carrots, absolutely terrific. All right. Well, we'll see what's down under the ground. Yeah. So I'm not going to give you guys Robert Frost today. I'm going to give you a very brief quote. Maybe I've given this already, and if that's what I've done, I apologize. From Wendell Berry. Oh, Wendell Berry. Oh, super. This is for all the gardeners out there. Mm-hmm. And all the not gardeners who should garden. <laughs> the care of the earth is our most ancient and most worthy, and after all, our most pleasing responsibility. To cherish what remains of it and to foster its renewal is our only legitimate hope. Thank you, Mr. Berry. Yeah, yeah. So the it's the most worthy, the most ancient, and what was the last one? The most ancient, the most worthy, and after all, our most pleasing. Pleasing. Ah, 
Yes. And that's where your show comes in. <laughs> it reminds us to not just call and, no, 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 but also to be grateful. <laughs> and that I am. I had a wonderful potato cro- crop this year, and, I, I, of course, we're drying them out all over the house, you know, before we put them in the cold cellar. And uh, it's such a wonderful sight to see them. <laughs> it is. And our our biggest surprise this year, and I'll get out of your way, but yeah. we, we grow Mexican sunflowers, Typhonia. Yeah. Very beautiful, velvet-like leaves, super bright orange flowers. Yeah. Generally three feet tall, and that's what the catalog says. Three feet tall, four feet tall. Or they're eight, they're like... Hi up there. <laughs> they just grew and grew, and there's flowers everywhere. And I don't know what triggered them. Maybe it was the heat. Yeah, but maybe. you got to take the good and leave the bad behind. Yeah, absolutely. Nola, thanks so much for the call. You're I well. appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. We had, um, um, I guess, an entomologist, uh, or, or at least someone Uh-oh. skilled what, in entomology. Well, what, what did I say? <laughs> well, we should not be calling them uh Tent caterpillars yeah. this time of year, they are fall webworms. Ah. Okay. Well, thank you. And cabbage loopers are not moths. Yeah. But butterflies. <laughs> so there's a, there's a technical. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta write this down. So are cab- butterflies. Cabbage loopers are, cabbage loopers are not moths, but butterflies. Well, thank you very much, and that was fall web worms. Huh? Fall web worms this time of year. Uh-huh. Okay, and, and they're and not tent caterpillars. We've got to be careful about moths. The moths, the merrier, I always say. <laughs> or I just said no. <laughs> well, th- thanks, Joel, for the clarification. <laughs> the cab- well, so they're butterflies, huh? And I always call them moths. I, 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 the thing that, that I'm still haven't had an answer on you know when we see those little white mm-hmm. moths, butterflies butterflies yes, yes butterflies <laughs> flying around and uh-huh. i know i'm getting yeah. i know i'm getting these terrible worms on my on my cabbage yes there are occasionally a yellow one there's yeah. like the white ones and the yellow ones. i think it's sort of like the black sheep uh, uh you know there's always one or two in the litter so uh, they're all the a, same a, a yeah. black sheep you know they're, they're basically all the same yeah. and uh you know the, the, that's my and maybe our entomologist will call back they, and they say behave well, the same yeah, you know the, <laughs> they have the, the same white, sort of erratic white fluttering yes, yeah, around yeah, you yeah, know yeah 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 uh, th- that's always been my take on it and i've actually seen them to be a light blue at times too, oh, okay, yeah. and uh, there's a spot on the white ones, right? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it still is the same uh, result: is that it's time to spray this, yeah, <laughs> right? Okay. Well, I guess we're kind of pretty close to. Well, we are oh, at the. Uh, my goodness, so my goodness. One, so we have the, the fastest hour on radio. Yeah, so this is the uh, as it, as it's currently scheduled the penultimate. In the garden yes. program this season, yep. and uh, next week it'll be the grand finale. The grand finale, yes, and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have a good time, and we can talk about whatever's on your mind. Be around next Saturday at twelve thirty for yeah. In the Garden with Thanks, Peter. Joel.
inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden with Peter Burke has been brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. By Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridport. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm on Main Street in Colchester with Mega Monday coupons. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton and Derby. Online at sticksandstuff.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston and St. Albans. By PR Lumber, family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need at Route 15 in Walkett. And by the Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Do plan to join us next Saturday at 1230 for In the Garden 